I'm Nana. And I'm Bunkio. And this is African.American. This is a show about children of African immigrants and immigrants themselves living in the United States. Ooh, yeah! Shaka-laka-laka-boo! You got it right! I'm so proud of you, Nans. Rolls of the eye. Okay. (laughs) Well... Anyway, as you roll your eyes, I roll mine back to you, but I roll them in love because it's February and it's a month of, um, it's Black History Month, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. And it's also the month of Valentine, <laughs> Valentine's Day, St. Valentine. And uh, in light of that, um, we wanted to have some conversations about different kinds of love and relationships and different aspects of it. Uh-huh. So today we're talking about divorce. Um, <laughs> what a topic to talk about. <laughs> well, because sometimes there is love and marriage and sometimes there's love, marriage and divorce. And we uh, as Africans, I think as immigrants and maybe the world over, like we talk more about the, the marriage part, right? Uh-huh. We talk about, or sometimes marriage, but the dating, the courting, the marriage, the 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 sweet things, but sometimes things are a little sour. Sometimes there's sweetness to be found in divorce. I don't know, but that's why we brought someone to talk about it who knows a little bit about it and who has graciously um, accepted to share her experience with us. So we want to welcome Nora back from last season, North Af- our, our resident North African.American. <laughs> <laughs> Black Egyptian. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey. Kings and queens. <laughs> I-, I can't believe you did this again. What? <laughs> Last time. Kings and queens. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you for having me. We're glad to have you on here, um, especially to talk about, again, a topic that is so serious. So I'm going to start off again, just as a reminder for folk who may not have heard uh, the North African.American episode. What's your name? I already said your name. How do you and how do you identify in terms of your racial slash ethnic background? Uh, Egyptian, I would say right away, straight up Egyptian American. Muster. Um, Lord, give me strength. (laughs) Not this again. (laughs) Like right there. (laughs) Egypt. Egypt. (laughs) I get it. I love the sun around. (laughs) So yeah, I would identify as that. And. How is marriage, yeah, how is marriage viewed in the Egyptian or Egyptian American community? What's the ideal age for marriage, et cetera? Well, it would be Egyptian would fall under the Arab community. So I would have to probably add Arab to the identity, but I want to stick with Egyptian. But <laughs> so marriage, what I've seen, um, it's just super glorified. It's from a young age, we always hear about, oh, like in Arabic, we'll say, when you grow up and you become a bride. So you hear mm-hmm. that a lot. And then as, as a young girl, you're like, oh, that's what's going to happen. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to finish and I'm going to get married. And that's what it is. Like, that's 
that's the main goal is to get married. And so I've been blessed. Like, yes, definitely my parents have that. Um, they want to see their kids. They're immigrants. They want to see their kids getting married. But they're I'm very, very, very lucky because their mindset is very different. But it's seen as success. Like, if you've gotten married, okay, you've completed. You've checked it. You, you've done your duties. So that's why, like, it's so glorified to the extent that, like, if people are talking like parents or like elders are talking like an auntie of a community oh are you married that's the first question it's Absolutely. like oh well I know someone oh, it's like well that's great I don't want to know that someone <laughs> <laughs> that's good for you auntie <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah uh. <laughs> but like like uncon- like it's it's just there like as much as like yeah I'm I identify with being American, but at the same time, there's this cultural um, impact where you feel like, okay, I do want to get married. Um, it's not just because of culture. It's that's something personally I wanted, but the culture does play a factor whether you like it or not. So getting married is definitely a big deal, which is why the weddings are huge there. Um, they're huge even here. Um, and it's, it becomes so much part of like the discussion of just, it's just like, that's part of your life. Like you got to get married. Like, are you married? Are you not married? Like, it's such a big deal where it's like, well, what about poverty? What about like world? What about important things? Yeah. So that's how important it is in the community. And then, and I've noticed here, like in an Arab American community, it's even harder because you're trying to find someone that, understands that western part of you and someone that understands that arab part of you and then it's everybody knows everybody and so they're kind of trying to like hook you up and um have you get married and especially because they know it's harder um like the parents are like looking out more i would say for their kids and do you think that there is an equal amount of pressure put on men and women? Um, so like the anti-hatikberi arusa, are they saying to little boys, you know, or are they kind of like, it's more about the, the, you know, one gender over the other, probably women? I think it's, yeah, it's the gender, there's more pressure on a woman. You don't hear that to a boy, like, hey, when you grow up, no, it's more like when you grow up, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be an engineer. Mm. But for the woman, you're going to grow up and you're going to become a bride, um, which like goes back into a lot of like career stuff as well. So you grow up thinking, oh, shit, like, am I feeling, am I fulfilling my responsibilities as a woman? Because I'm not a bride yet, Mm -hmm. I'm not married. So there's a lot of that. Um, And even if it's not your family, like, yeah, I'm lucky that I have parents like that, but you hear it from other people. And yes. so it's like, first of all, it's like, shut up, but you hear it and it, it bothers you as much as it doesn't want to bother you, but it bothers you because it's like, why are we still dealing with this? But, um, a lot of it, yeah, it's on the, it's on the woman. Yeah. Hashtag solidarity. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, my parents or my mom, anyway, my father passed away. It was not really like that, but extended family it is very much like that and sometimes even larger community it's like a competition so and so is married and just three kids yeah. okay cuckoo for cocoa puffs for her good for her and her life what they got to do with me and what i'm doing with myself they're trying to get and you married is. too so that you no, know but it's sort of you know competition element nons we've talked about that before right yeah. well like oh i have you know this many degrees i've done this i do this and they're like oh you still doing that arabic thing okay 
Right? But if I'm like, hey, this is, you know, Jean-Pierre. I just met him on the street. We're going to get married. I feel like people would be more excited about that than they would about other things. And so that part is kind of stressful. And and I I also don't see that happening to men um, as well. I don't know, Nans, if you with the Ghanaian... It's the same thing in the Ghanaian community. Um, even when you don't have your parents putting that much pressure on you, when you go around the the larger community, it's the same thing. Oh, are you married? When are you getting married? Oh, I'd love to come to your wedding. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like a lot of pressure. if I would invite you. Yeah. <laughs> just a lot of unnecessary undue pressure. I would love to marry Idris Elba, but that is not... <sighs> Me too. Okay. Okay. Hashtag solidarity in that. My name is not Sabrina Dower, so (laughs) we can't always get what we want. Find multiple wives. Who knows? I'm good. I'm good now. I'm good. Just a lot. I mean, I'm not good now, so I'm cool with it, Greece. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. If they put the right pressure to be with a man like that, I'll be like, okay, that's the pressure I want. also different right like if we're you know it's about the pool of available you know that's a whole nother thing about families and communities and i i think somehow sometimes the way that they do the matching yeah like it's kind of like i know someone okay so they are male and they breathe but like what what other things make this like good for um i'm struggling to see what about my personality or about his personality you know, makes it click. And I say even American friends sometimes. I've had one who was like, oh, I, want you, I really want you to hook up with this guy. And then you're like, okay, what about him? I was like, what about him besides that he is black and I'm also black? Oh! <laughs> Are they a good person? I mean, let's have been there. No, this girl, no, but the, she she just thought that we would be good because we were both black. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God. I'm going to need you to, uh, come on. Come on now. But again, we were friends, so we could say that. But that happens, right? People yeah. want you to yeah. be partnered, however, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um, so for you, next question for you, Nora, is what was the status of divorced people, particularly women in your community growing up? Well, I would say um, divorce is becoming very, very common right now in Egypt. So a lot of it is... A lot of it is like our community, yeah, in, in America, but then also our community, we have to always, our community is always going to be like back home as well. So it's becoming much more common right now. Um, my sister's divorced, my brother's divorced, my cousin's divorced, <laughs> it runs in the family, <laughs> but it's still not like the norm, like it's becoming the norm and it's becoming normal. And then you're hearing about it. Um, but it wasn't like, it's always like, that's the one thing you don't want to do. That's like, Mm -hmm. try everything you can, but don't get divorced. But it's like, I did try everything I can. (laughs) So this is the only option I have. So there is that concept of like, that's like the worst thing ever. And it's like, is it though? Like, um, it's it's traumatic. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's super traumatic, but at the same time, it's like, do I want to be in a marriage where I'm just, I'm dead in it, basically? Isn't that the worst? Shouldn't that be the worst thing ever? So there's a lot of that, like, pressure as well that you want to avoid it because of, it's just frowned upon. That's what it is. And it's like, it's, it's just a big breakup. It's a huge breakup. That's how I look at it. Um, But because of 
the pressures of marriage, that's why divorce, like, that's why, because it's so glorified marriage, that's why divorce is seen as like, oh my God, that's like the ultimate no-no. And there, and it depends on social class as well. And that is like what I had, the issue I had, I would say in my marriage, um, the problem with being a daughter of immigrants and we have this mentality, I have this mentality. It's like, Oh, social class doesn't matter. It's okay. It really does matter when it comes to Arab communities. Um, my mm-hmm. ex-husband was from a social class that was not mine. It's like, I don't want to sound demeaning, but at a level that wasn't like my family and that it's not about money. It comes back to education. It comes back to mindset, uh, mindset values and everything. And that, I realized that as I was in the marriage. So a lot of it is people from that social class as well are like, no woman wants to get divorced. So it's more of like, you can do whatever the fuck you want and she won't want to get divorced because they look at it like that's the one thing you're going to avoid because it's so bad. No woman wants to have that divorcee title. Mm -hmm. So there's so many different perceptions and it's given on the social class as well, but it's starting to become a norm. Um, It's becoming uh, more and like, it's becoming like celebrity gossip. If you turn on like NBC, Arabia, any of that stuff, um, it's becoming much more normal, but it's still not normal where we talk about it. That's the part that's like, no one is doing it yet. Do you think it's becoming more normal also because women have gained more independence and autonomy? I mean, I know that this is the case in Ghana where also, you know, before you didn't hear much about women kind of, you know, initiating divorce or women divorcing because they would just sit there and bear whatever they were bearing and basically say nothing because of their kids, because they felt like they couldn't take care of themselves and the kids and so on and so forth. But now, um, especially with our generation, you Mm -hmm. see a lot of women, you know, just if I'm not happy, I'm going to leave and they leave and they're just perfectly fine. Um, And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, they're independent, they're, they're working, they have good jobs, typically the breadwinners of the family. Um, And so they could just, you know, make that decision and feel completely fine. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, Definitely. And that's why divorce is becoming exactly literally what you just said. That's why it's becoming much more normal because women are becoming more independent and they're not looking at just the husband that he's the breadwinner only. Um, But there's a lot of that as well. Um, And it also goes back to social class, too. Like, that's what I've noticed. And that like certain people from those classes aren't getting divorced um, because they can't be independent. They can't take care of themselves or their children. Um, And there's that also they're not taught. A lot of it, too, is just like you're not taught your value as a woman. I think there's a lot. I don't think our community, all of it, not just Arab, Africa, all the whole African region, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. we are not taught our value as a woman and what we deserve. They just tell us, get married. But what about our value first? And and I think there's a lot of that. And that's what I've been discovering with myself right now and what marriage is and what divorce is. So a lot of that comes along with it. So you end up discovering your value in a shitty marriage. <laughs> so hmm. that's what happened with me. <laughs> or it's like, you know it from before. It's not that I didn't know my value, but I knew it. But that person, I've known it all along, but then it's like, it comes to a point. It's like, you can't see what I see for myself. So I can't take that anymore. So hmm. there's a lot of that as well. Um, go on, that goes into it. It's sort of like a, 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 a job, right? Where you're, being treated badly sometimes you can't I'm just trying to find you know parallel kind of experiences but like you can be really mistreated in a a 
particular workplace and undervalued and it takes but like you know within yourself that that's not okay but sometimes it still takes like making that leap and moving or looking for other jobs and then being in another workplace and being valued and appreciated and going Oh, oh, y'all had me fucked up, right? Yeah. Like y'all thought, uh, blah, 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 that I wasn't going to do this. I see that a lot. I see yeah. that a lot, particularly with women, particularly with women of color, particularly with black women. But um, I guess, yeah, something that is parallel and resonates. And I guess I'm thinking now to uh, my next question for you is just like, what were your ideas about? So we talk about what your community thought about divorce, but what were your ideas about divorce before you got married and before you got divorced? I mean, I think because I've had, I've seen it around me and it's become more common and I know a lot of people that have been divorced. So it's like, uh, okay, like that's the, that's something I don't want to reach as well. Like you, you don't get into a marriage thinking, oh, I want to get divorced, right. but I was, um, uh, there was somebody I went on like one or two dates with and he was of like a particular religious sect where they do that. Um, so yeah. temporary marriages. Uh, Oh, you know, it's kind of like the idea of like you get married and I don't know the way he explained it was like, oh, you know, you could say 99 years. I'm like, but you, you but you, you're basically getting married for a short period of time so that you can do what you want to do. Yeah. 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 You know, and for the sweetness of the fruits. Yeah. Uh, we call your- that just a weirdo, not a sect. <laughs> 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 but yeah, just yeah, just the personal experience again thrown in there being like, um, yeah, I don't think that that's for me personally, but I wish you well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, most well, of us do not. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's not my situation. I wasn't that weirdo, but <laughs> but I would say that I I didn't my idea, I didn't think of it, but when I was in the marriage unhappy I started thinking about it but I'm not gonna lie and say I was like yeah you know it's I'm gonna get a divorce if I'm unhappy no it was something I didn't want to do it was something that I thought of it it made me feel like holy crap I don't want to do that like it's hard because it's like you love the person and you want to make it work and I honestly thought if I had a divorce like I was like my life is over like I love this man what's life like without him that type of stuff so my idea of it was something that I didn't want to have. I, I didn't want, I would try not to think about it, but at the same time I was like, I'm not happy and I'm trying and trying. I think this is my, my only way out. So mm-hmm. it's like the way I thought of it is that it is the option I have to, for my happiness, but do I want to choose it? So that was really my thought of it. And my thought of it was also, I wasn't married for long. Um, like we were, together for a while but we were married for less than a year it was like 11 months so my idea of it is that I don't want to be that like 
I don't want to be a failure. So there is these thoughts mm-hmm. as well where I was thinking mm-hmm. I'm a failure as much as I'm like, yeah, divorce and empowerment. But and it's hard. Like I was like, I, I failed. I failed at my marriage. I didn't make it work. And I felt that there's a lot of pressure because I'm the woman. It's it's in my hands to make the man happy. It's in my, I just don't understand him. I, you know what I mean? There's a lot of, a lot of it too comes with how are you treated in the marriage? There was a lot of, um, psychological trauma, psychological abuse, um, uh, gaslighting. So I felt like I was the wrong one, but then at the same time, I want to like say face. <laughs> so I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to show him that I'm wrong. It's like, no, you're wrong. But when I go, like when I sleep at night, I'm like, maybe he is right. I am, I am the crazy one. I am this, I'm the one that's demanding too much. So I'm mm-hmm. like, so but don't ask for divorce because if, if, you know, if you get a divorce, then you're the wrong one. I just didn't know how to make him happy. So there's a lot of that where it's like, I was trying, but at, at the same time, I'm like, wait, it's not my fault. He's the one that doesn't want to fucking try. <laughs> so right. you just have to hit that realization. And and it, it I think I, I knew I wasn't happy pretty early on, actually. But I was like, let me let me put, push that thought away. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It's just it's just stupid. Ignore it. And um, and I didn't my intuition a lot of times was telling me stuff, but I was ignoring it. <laughs> So that's the thing that I learned that it's like, if your mind in the beginning is thinking of, oh, crap, I'm not happy in this marriage. And you're thinking about the D word divorce. There's a problem. Um, And and that's okay. We're not saying that, oh, if you have it in the beginning, if you feel like that, the first the first few years are super the first year, especially and like even it's even harder when you are like a Muslim American, Arab American, and you, you're choosing to like move in with like your husband when you get married. Like if there's a lot of things that you felt like it was the first time living on my own too. And it's like when I was married, so getting used that by itself is own pressures. So there's a lot of these factors that go in and, and it's totally okay if you're scared and cold feet and, um, you're thinking maybe I'm not happy, but it takes two people. It can't just be you by yourself. So Precisely. I'm not saying for like listeners, if like they're feeling like that in the beginning, that's it. Their marriage is doomed could totally make it work. I'm a big believer of you can fix anything if you want to fix it. But you both have to, if it's a relationship, both, yeah. both yeah. people have to want to fix it. I guess I'm wondering then, do you think that going back to what you said about your community's ideas about marriage and how like that's a goal, but it seems, did you get any help or support or counseling in terms of like what to do after you're married? Because you made some really good points about like, this is also the first time you're living on your own. You're living with this other person, right? It's not their family, but in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly if you're not, I mean, I think even if you were living with the person before and it's like the Western style, it's still different, right? There are a lot of people who live together for years and then they get married yeah. and it changes, it yeah. somehow it changes everything. Um, and you know, we can't all be Oprah and Stedman and, you know, give Stedman <laughs> a little, a little, a little cottage on your property. <laughs> so you can drive by and see him whenever you want, you know, give him oranges from your orchard field or whatever it is. That she- <laughs> I love it. Um, are, were there, are there things set up in your community where you can actually hmm. get that kind of help? Is it no. encouraged? No. Yeah. It's not that it's not encouraged. I guess it's because the ultimate goal is marriage. So it's like, that's it. 
you got married. All right, cool. You've done it. You know, but it's like, wait, this is, I'm confused. You know, is, is this normal? So for me, because I didn't have that support and it's not that I didn't have it, um, because people around me weren't like when I asked for it, I got it, but it's not like, it was more of like, you get married and you figure it out. That's kind of how it is. And when I did share the support I have is from my family. So I would get that from them when I would share. But then at the same time, the way I was raised was like your problems. Like if there's, don't come and tell me your problems because Mm. you know, like we're going to be biased. We're going to take your side, but thank God my family's not like that. They're very like, they like to look at it both ways, uh, both sides equally. Um, but for a long time I was just, because I don't know if this is normal or not, and I don't have that support, I was just stuck by myself. And then that's where depression came and a lot of, a lot of emotions that I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, is this normal? Um, but I think my case is a little different because it's, I don't think it was because it was the person we had our issues. So I feel like my case was just super different um, because the issue was with him. It wasn't necessarily that marriage. It Like there was marriage by itself being difficult. And then there was him. <laughs> so it's like to deal with both of that, that's the hard part. But if the partner and I, for me, the way I look at it right now, because we don't have that help, the way I look at it and if the partner is um, willing to grow or willing to figure this out, then it will work whether you have that support or not, because you'll be each other's support system. And right. you can definitely look at like guidance, marriage counseling or any of that, but it, it comes back again to that, like that equal partnership because it's new for him as well. It's not just for me, it's for both of us. So I really think it comes down to what's the issue actually. So why, why is this happening? Why is it hard? Is it this person or is it because this is new? So it's more like assessing it. So for me, it was like yeah. a jumbo of all of this crap. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. So just thinking about, I mean, not, not yeah, about how um, if men grow up being socialized, not so much about the marriage piece, but it is kind of like an expectation that they'll do it. Like what kind of mindset do you enter into a marriage as a man? And what yeah. kind of expectations do you have? Especially, you know, you talk about the class differences about like, what is his normal? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, well, maybe behaving like that is his normal. And so, you know, I, I mean, I, we can't go back in time. And I think you're happy to not be there. But I just think about, like, what are the things that could have, maybe I'm being African right now, that could have fixed it, that could have saved it, that could have, <laughs> yeah. you know, m- made it work um, yeah. for both parties. But, you, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, unless the other, unless you both can acknowledge that something is wrong and that you need to work together to fix it. There really isn't much that you can do. Do you think the men have more of a support system than women do? As in, if something is going wrong, if they have a problem, they they can easily seek help and kind of get that support more so than the woman, perhaps, you know, saying that there's something wrong. And I think it comes down to the family. Um, So a lot of times the help that we usually go to is our family. Mm. So if the man does go to his, it depends, is his family good or bad? In my case, his 
people's families were assholes. <laughs> so that that's where that support. I mean, I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that really what it comes back to. And I think oh. that's going back when you were saying, am I being, Oh, I could have saved it. And that, um, it comes back to how were you raised? So, things that I'm looking at right now are red flags that I've ignored because I think it's important when you look at someone and their family, because when you get married, they, if their family is a good family, then you know, that person is going to get good advice. They're going to get that good support. They're going to be the role model. So the number one advice I have, if anyone's listening or like family, 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 totally. A person can, there is that percentage of someone being different from their family and I'll be specific men like, but it takes a, a real man because what's, what's a real man? We always say men, but like they all little boys out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. What's a, <laughs> you're like, that true preach. <laughs> so many. Oh, man. And they be no, old man. too. They be old. <laughs> the men men mature, you know. Men baby that, that correlation and causation, you know, age and wisdom. It doesn't it's not true at all. And so I think it comes back to that. So it's like what are their families and also it's to find out what what does marriage mean to them? What what is marriage? Is it just um sitting and just living in the house like I remember I asked my ex-husband this and I asked him after we got married because I was on this idea we were on the same page because we were both culturally Egyptian and that. So I thought, I was like, oh yeah, shit, we're the same. You know, like this is easy. And then I was like telling him, I'm like, what is, I was asking him, I'm like, what's your idea of marriage? He's like, like we live together. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we were, he's like, I didn't, it was problems. And he's like, I didn't think it was going to be like this. I'm like, hell yeah, it was going to be like this. Like I was prepared that it was going to be hard. I was prepared. It was going to be different. I was prepared for that, but I wasn't prepared for like the depression or any of that stuff. And that came from the partner. So it comes from really asking him what's marriage and at the same time family. And that's how you will know if this person has the right support or not. And it's okay they don't have to have it figured out. He doesn't have to know everything. Yeah. And I think that's where the support comes in. Cause I didn't know any of the stuff, but that's where my mom's support came in where she was like, this is normal. And I remember one day just calling her. I'm like, why do I feel like this? She's like, it's a new environment. It's this. How about you guys try? Like, so I'm like, okay. So I had that support when I needed it. So I would say since we don't have that support, like openly, like in the community, and I don't think anyone really has that. If you think about it, when people even here in America, when they get married, who do they go to marriage counselor? What they're going to go to their family? Like, who are they going to go to? Like Tiffany? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. People meet on their friends who may not even, you know, who may or not understand. Exactly. I think you're, getting at something though which I guess is maybe my next question which is just like do you think that the approach that people have to dating and courtship really gives them the information that they need to make that decision because what I'm hearing from you is like you know a, a, a lot of families it's like where did this, where's this person from what religion are they 
the family a good family in their definition is like i don't know no no history of mental illness nobody in jail you know that's kind of stuff that people yeah. know from communities you know which may not have anything to do with the person um so i guess yeah wondering your thoughts about that about how whether or not we are asking the right questions when we're dating people whether it's traditionally or not or we're just kind of like he cute i'm cute we you know <laughs> we both cute <laughs> yeah, we're both ready let's go and you know live together <laughs> um yeah i don't think we're asking the right questions uh i think it comes down to values um and we've often ignored that i think we've just looked at it like I'll be, I'll give you an example for me. It's like, oh, you're Muslim. Oh, I'm Muslim. Oh, oh, you're Arab. Oh, I'm Arab too. You know, oh, you're funny. Okay. You pray, you all that stuff. And then, oh, and we also have a connection. Great. You know, so, uh, but a lot of times it's like, we don't ask the, like, what are your values and what's values? We've confused values with like religious beliefs and ideologies. We've mixed those two. And I think they're super separate. Um, or they can correlate, you know, but I feel like the values, it's like family first. And what does family first mean? It means that if I'm your wife, I come first, not if I'm like a psychopath, but you know what I mean? Like, and so these things like, you know, well, what, what's love, all these like things of like being there for each other. What's, what's the most important thing. And these, I think these are the questions that matter the most. And I think we've all been ignoring it or we think we have the same values but we don't or we know that we don't but we ignore it so there's that part because if we ignore it yeah yeah because if we ignore it it means this isn't working out so you don't want to you don't want to be in touch with that that like we're actually super different so I think coming down to morals and values that I think that's huge because when you have a certain set of morals and you lead with it and you have a partner like that, I think that's like a beautiful foundation. What has for you been the most eye-opening thing about your divorce experience? <sighs> that's a really deep question. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that, honestly, it's going to sound cheesy, life goes on. Mm, life goes on. Yeah. And I did not think that. But life goes on in a way that it's it's like a completely new life. You're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like you look at your room in a different way. You look at your face in a different way. And and it's also, yeah, I think that's what I've been learning, that life goes on um, and you're going to figure it out. That's just where I'm at right now. I'm still figuring it out. I was like, holy shit, I'm still alive. <laughs> like, right. you I literally thought I was going to die if I got divorced. Let's put it that way. I literally thought I could not live without that person. That's the love I had. I'm like, I love this person. I wake up, I sleep, I breathe the the love. This is, this is my man, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, so you're like, I, so when it's done, it's like, wait, what? Like you're still in a state of shock and but then that shock starts to become more like, oh, no shit, we got divorced. Oh, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> And you're just learning that life goes on, but it goes on in like a stronger way. But at the same time, and I think that's what I'm trying to do with my videos, 
is that no one we only want to talk about the positive but it's it's fucking shitty it is a wave of emotions that like you go through like I'm sitting here I I didn't think I'm gonna sit and you guys are gonna be like hey Nora let's talk about your divorce (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's like it's so shitty and and I think the thing that I've learned too is to embrace every feeling that you have as you're learning that life goes on embrace it and go through it and you have to go through this ugly period and and another thing that I'm learning is that there's no time for healing there's not like because I'm like why am I not healed yet I keep looking at the calendar and I'm like damn okay why am I not we're done but it's you you gave that person your heart and I think another thing that I'm learning is that like to be kind to yourself just be kind to yourself. You gave that person, you made a commitment, you gave them your life, your heart, everything. And it's like, no shit you're going to think life is going to stop because you had built a life together and or were wanting to build one together. And so you're mm-hmm. trying to figure out how does life go on without that person? So yeah. that's a, yeah. how, how much is the, and I mean, in light of COVID and the fact that we're not going outside as much, maybe this may this may have helped but when you talk about healing process how much is the kind of outside world and how people's perceptions of you know what's going on and people's nosiness how much of of that is affecting how you're healing uh, and how quickly you're healing on how much you're not healing I hated it so much because I wanted to book a trip to uh, like Bali (laughs) somewhere and get the hell out of here I'll see you. I'll see you when this is over. I, you know, after eight, let's go together, April. <laughs> I already got my passport. It's it's there. <laughs> you all continue and continue to dream. Um, for me, for COVID, it's forced me to sit down and deal with my feelings. Like it was like, honey, no excuse. You you gonna sit down? It's lockdown for your emotions, not lockdown. You're gonna sit and face it. And in a way, I think it's a blessing. And for me, I didn't even think of COVID when it first happened. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going through it. For me, it was my dad had the surgery. He had an open heart surgery in the beginning of the pandemic, and then I had a divorce. So I wasn't even thinking of a pandemic. I'm, what pandemic? Like my mind was elsewhere. So when people are talking about, man, this is so hard and that, for me, I'm like, well, it's hard for me too. I'm going through all this shit. Like you think, you think I care that you can't go to the beach or you know? Right. <laughs> so it makes you feel like. Oh, what the hell is happening in, in your own healing process as well. Yeah. It's like, you know, people are just also like when they find out like that you've been divorced, there's this like, there's this look on their face where they just, they're just quiet. They're like, oh, like they don't want to say anything. Like, and I'm like, no, it's okay. You can talk about it. Mm-hmm. So in a way it makes you feel like, why is everyone feeling bad for me? You know? And then it makes you feel bad. And then in your healing process, you're like, shit, I'm doomed. We're in a pandemic. And I'm loveless and I'm divorced. <laughs> sure. like, oh, other people, you may, 
yeah. in other cases, people hmm. might be rebounding and out mingling. You know, I'm yeah. single. Yeah. Are you single? Oh, yeah. an yeah. single. And then that's you not there. You can't even have that, and you're like, and I can't even do this. I can't even do that. So you just turn on Netflix, and that's how you heal. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> if it works, it works. <laughs> no, it forced it for this the pandemic. Well, for me, from before, because I knew there was something wrong. It's like I was prepared that this was going to happen in a way. You can sense it. And so when it happened, I was like, no time to waste. I need to start on my healing journey because I was already in pain when we were together. So I was like, I made the decision now. I made the conscious decision to get out. So now I need to start helping myself. I started with that. So what's the next step? So it forced me to really be in touch with my feelings. It forced me to you know, find healing in every way through energy healing. I'm, I'm big on that. Um, and at the same time, cognitive, like heal, like therapy. So mm-hmm. it just no excuses. I'm like, I have all the time. I, I'm like, it's not a coincidence that happened at this time. And this is no distractions. Like, you know, how we're saying rebound, all that stuff. Date, like, it's like, you can't be distracted, honey. So, and it sucks. It makes the healing super shitty because it's in your face that you're like, but I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to be in my emotions, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's still a journey. It's still like, so, and the advice that I've gotten from like other divorcees, it's like, it's a roller coaster of emotions. And I'm like, yeah, totally. So I'll be in a month. I'll be like, Oh, I have no hate towards this person. I love him. Good vibes. The second day I'm like, you know what, you asshole, if I see him in the street, like, right. <laughs> oh, you get you ready. Get flashback to certain things. <laughs> you're like, ah! <laughs> and then another time, you're like, I miss it. So it's all of the, so I just have to embrace it. And, um, and what I'm learning is that, like, the heart and then the ego, they're just in this constant battle. So the heart is going through something and it's like trying to feel the emotions and the ego is like, hey, you, you're not healing fast enough. So what I've learned is don't listen to the mind. Just go with the heart, especially if you have that in you and you want to heal. So there's this, it's really your mind, the ego, that's just like, uh, that's just, me- that's what really messes with you. I mean, it, Mess. That's the whole reason also why there's a divorce in the first place is that there's a big ego battle that was going on with him. But for me right now, what I'm trying to do is trying to be kind to myself and learn that like healing takes a really long time and everybody's different. I, I'm super sensitive. Like, and that's why I have sarcasm because I'm like, I don't want to even touch my feelings. I'm going to make jokes about it. I'm going to show everyone that I'm cool about it. But now it's forced me to be like, look, honey, let's get real. Okay. You sit at home eating cupcakes and crying. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. That's okay. No judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You've chosen to kind of share your journey. um, I think on your social media, how much, courage did you have to build up to do that was it just a natural thing of oh you know what let me just share or was it a did you sit and really give it some thought as to whether you should share who you should share with I'm not, I'm not sure who is on your social media but sometimes you know mm-hmm. these communities people are just sitting there watching and waiting to gossip mm-hmm. ain't that ain't that another thing about Africans mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was so nervous that day. Um, I had thought, so here's the thing. 
for a while I was trying to figure out what's my purpose. So there was the whole, my social media, you've seen it before, this, this, the activism. I've always been about, you know, never, I, I never kept my mouth shut. That's the problem. <laughs> so I'm like, how do I keep talking but about things that I care about? <laughs> <laughs> um, and how do I offend people? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> oh, me, like, yes, see, that's how it started. I just wanted to offend. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, no, I think for a while I was already thinking of what is it that I want to do for, from before, from before even the divorce. And something just came up to me that's like I'll tell you what happened. I was, I literally was watching Ted talks cause I'm like, I got to figure out how to get over this person. And so I was watching all these Ted talks and they were all white women and they were all talking about, you're going to, it was always the result of them after the divorce. And it was a bunch of stupid shit. Like you got to love yourself. You got, and I'm like, dude, I love, what the hell is this? And then I'll click onto the next video. And I became so fed up with what I was seeing because it was no one that looked like me. It was no one from our community. Um, and I was just, why isn't there anything out there speaking about the pain? Because I realized no one is talking about pain. They're just talking about the end result because we're such a quick fix society. And yeah. and that's when I realized I'm like, oh, something like a light bulb just went on. I'm like, I want to talk about my pain. But I was shit scared. I even went to my sister. I was like, hey, I think I want to like talk about my divorce story. And I love my sister. She's my best friend. She's like, yes, do it. You're going to do it. And, and I was like, and you better. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to need you to calm down. <laughs> I could totally see her doing that too. Like, yes, be about it. Own it. <laughs> Your parents are probably sitting there. Oh God. What is Nora doing today? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Some feisty women in the house. But it just, I was sitting in my car. I was at the beach. I remember. And I was just like crying. And then I was like, Oh, and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to talk about it. And I just picked up the camera and I talked about it. And then I, the response was so overwhelming. And I, I was still nervous until like now I'm taking like a little break, um, but I'm going to get back into it. Um, it's just the response of people that were like, oh, I've been divorced. People that I never even met, people that I know that weren't, e people that I know that never even told me they were divorced. I was like, whoa, wow. they just felt comfortable. And I was like, what the hell? And I didn't want to be seen as this. For me, it was like, oh, this, oh, here we go. This bitch again crying about her, man. <laughs> like, that's how I was so worried about. About <laughs> her man but, issues. Oh, man. But I was like, you know what? It's real, and I don't care, and I'm going to do it. And it was scary. I just felt like I just had to do it. That's it. And I was so nervous. Like, my hands were shaking as I was like, putting post and then it was just the response that kept me going and the more I started doing it the more I started talking about it it forced me to get in touch with my emotions and at the same time this is what I'm dealing with right now because I'm still like in a very vulnerable stage but then I'm I'm also thinking in my head I'm like damn I'm gonna do a video now and they're gonna be like she's still vulnerable like that's how I'm judging myself but I'm like wait I am still vulnerable I am still in that phase and no one's talking about it so that's really how it all started from TED Talks. <laughs> but yeah, because they, they don't show you, it's 
get you're gonna love love yourself all the stuff but it's like I had all of these things I you they make you feel that there's something wrong with you that's mm-hmm. kind of what it is and that's why I wanted to that's why I continue to do this and I feel like it's my calling right now and my purpose because it's there's nothing wrong with you at all. So I kept thinking, why am I still this? Why am I that? Why am I that? Um, and they just want to show you the end result, but they don't want to show you the process and the process, Lord knows how long it's going to take. And I'm like, I'm in it. And I'll just, you know, we kept up with the Kardashians this long. Why can't they keep up with me? Exactly. (laughs) Sort of. We, we, we want to see the glory, but we don't always oh, want to see the gosh. story um, yeah. because that'll remind us of how hard these things actually are. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Because, yeah, I think I think that's how I found out. I was like, wait, what? Uh, and I do remember the card video. I was like, oh, oh, wait, what? Wow. Well, a lot has happened in, I don't know, it's been some, some months, you know, through the COVID stuff, too. So um, I'm glad that you found that space and that people you know, that you are resonating with people because it is so true. We don't, we don't talk about these things. Um, yeah. I don't really recall other people talking about it in those ways. It is usually in the like, you know, five ways to eat, pray, love, and you'll be mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so. Yeah, and I think especially in like our community, um, like my mom knows about the videos, but then she has that mentality where it's like, she thinks like when I told her, no, it makes me feel liberated. It makes me feel free. She's worried that it's like, you know, oh, I'm going to be hung up over it. You know what I mean? She's still not over him. I was like, no, that's not how I view it at all. So there's also that mindset that I'm doing it in a way too, because it's like with especially our community, it's the shut up, go through the pain alone type of thing. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. like, not, no, we are going to go through the pain together because we, everyone suffers in silence but we're yeah. only there together when it's the happy. We're there in the wedding, but we're not there in the divorce. You know, yeah. we're not yeah. we're not there together. In that. We're just there for the happy times. So for me, it's like, no, we're going to suffer together and we're going to get out of it. And the way she and said, then we're suffering together. And then we're going to suffer. And then we're gonna <laughs> no, it is, it's, <laughs> it's very true. Right? That's not part of the fairy tale point. that you're given yeah. as a child. Um, so, you know. Let's let's be real about that. How do you think your divorce experience has been made different or is, you know, different or distinct because you are in the U.S.? Like, do you think it would have been different somehow or some of the things you would have done would be different if it had been in Egypt? Um, Yeah, I think about that a lot. I think like here it's made it a little easier because like we have people that talk about it, but so I have a lot of support, um, but what I've seen, particularly people that like their main job is like relationship coaching or any of that stuff. They're not people that look like me and they're mainly, I would say particularly a lot of them are white women. And so I feel like here it's made it easier because I have that support, but it's also from women that don't look like me, but pain is like, I guess everyone goes through it. Um, so I think it's easier because there's that. And then also people from our community, cause they're also American. So they look at it differently. So yay, there's that applaud. But in Egypt, I think it would have been 
I honestly think it would have been harder because it would have been something so different and it's like no one talks about it and it's like and especially because I'm so open about everything so I think there would have been um a backlash I would say like well that's not how you talk about your husband ex-husband's this or that I'm like no I'll talk I'm willing to share everything if it's going to help someone out there like mm-hmm. it doesn't I'm not ashamed of it. it doesn't bother me but at the same time I'm I don't know 100% if there would be a backlash because I feel like women are just going through so much right now especially like in Egypt and they're like the divorce rate is so high there where I think they would be weirded out by it. Like, they would be watching. Like, okay, we, we see you. We agree They'd with you. They'd be but watching. Like, quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And, uh-huh. and then I think I think it really comes down to, like, if one person supports, then they'll go in because, like, they'll be a group together. But I don't think it would be so, like, there would be a huge backlash. And my goal, actually, is to, like, I'm hoping to like later on just like collaborate or work with like channels like in Egypt or something like that. Like for me, I even want to bring more awareness to it, like in that area. And at the same time here, I want to bring awareness to it to show people that um, like how we said last time, a Muslim American identity is huge to me. The way I look at it, like from my own like activist way, like guess what there's more to us than just a muslim band we're going through divorce we're going through this shit you know like we like to normalize that part where it's like guess what we have this going on as well so there's these two things that i feel that are important and at the same time i feel like um in in the arab world they're becoming more and more accepting of it like it's strange to them it's weird they're like (gasps) what and then they're like, oh, okay, but I see what she's saying. <laughs> right. I I can com- relate to like 99.9% of what she is saying. <laughs> and she's putting words to things that perhaps I haven't been able to or my community doesn't really give people spaces to do. Because um, divorce has been happening for forever, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a thing and, and older generations don't always share. So I guess in closing, uh, I know you talked a little bit about how it's important to ask the right questions about values, presumably before, but what advice do you have for African thought Americans who are at the stage where they, they're, 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 that they may be going through it right now, same time as you or on the precipice of that? You mean like uh, contemplating if they want a divorce or not? Yeah, like people who are, well, people who are just, it's, it's happening. So oh, it's, oh, it's it, happening. It's <laughs> happening. Um, and so where do, yeah, what advice do you have? Um, to think about the reason of why is it happening in the first place? Because a lot of times you're like, how did this happen? You know exactly why it happened. So you got to go back to that. Like people are like, how did this happen? How are we divorced? But it's like, what do you mean? How, you know why? So you got to go <laughs> yeah. back to that <laughs> and we forget it. <laughs> like on and January 12th, yeah. at 5.15 a.m. You yeah. said, <laughs> which got me thinking about, you know, <laughs> yeah. So it's to, it's to go back to that question as in like, well, what led to this in the first place? And when you remember that you're like, Oh, this, is what led to it and the other thing is just allow all the feelings and don't delay the healing 
don't like, so that's the problem. I think mm-hmm. with a lot of us is that we're like, I'm going to give it, I, I'm just not going to do like we delay it. It's like, no, there's no such thing called as, and it's too fast. Like healing takes forever. So jump right into it. And I'm not saying he, people think oh, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out. I'm going to, you know, it's always, they think it's the physical appearance and yeah. it's like, that's what it is. And it's like, I'm done. I'm going to take a cute picture. It's like, no, honey, you, you cried while you were putting that makeup on. <laughs> Put in the facade of everything is okay. Yeah. yeah. Go seek healing in any way that you can, whether it's through therapy, energy healing, groups, support groups, like support, support, support is the number one thing. And I think that's where you'll find the direction from there. Find like a good support group, whether it's family, friends, but at the same time, you need therapy, you need whatever therapy to, you need energy, you need something to get you out of it. Um, and because it's going to force you to get in touch with your feelings. So I think that's the best advice I would give is to be in touch with it because people get stuck on their trauma and they don't want to heal and they take that baggage on with them with the next person. And it's not the other person's fault. And you move on, you're like, well, in my past relation, it was like, well, then you shouldn't have gotten in one. So yeah. heal. <laughs> wow. The whole world. The whole yeah. world. It is true. Hurt people hurt people, right? Yeah. That's the yeah. cycle kind of of how it goes. Um, well, thank you very much, Nora, for coming on today, for sharing your experience with us. Again, really important conversations that don't yeah. happen as often as we would like them to. Um, and, uh, you know, particularly this idea of like, the emotional piece of it. Um, I think often in our communities, uh, I think we we're talking about that before we started recording, where it's like, well, he don't beat you, so what's the problem? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, if it's not a big, glaring physical thing or thing that brings shame onto the family or community, people are often kind of confused as to, like, what's the big deal to even have the divorce? Or then, as someone's going through it, it's kind of like, okay, well, paper signs so what's the you know what's the deal or like if you wanted it that means that you aren't feeling really sad about it and it's not oh lord you know, yeah. don't get me started on that one <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know that you you also don't tread you know, it's not like uh you know it's not like getting chicken from Popeye. I keep talking about Popeye. Yeah. I really should go get some. It's not like it. <laughs> it's not like oh, I was hungry and I ate this and I feel good and I'm and better. It is uh, sometimes you 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 have to pick the things that are painful for you, and you can still be sad about not having you know not having that thing. But kudos to you. Thank um, you. Wish you well in your road of you know healing and you know all of that good stuff. So thank, thank you. you. Thanks for being very vulnerable. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> you guys make it easy for me. We don't know nothing. It's not the same love. I've dealt with the strange people, but not in that same context. So. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. No, thank you for having me and discussing this.